0: Welcome to the Mindset Transformation Podcast Show. I'm your host, Sue Guglieri. Each week, I will bring you new episodes on mindset, motivation and application. Let's jump right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my channel and the Third episode of my podcast uh, series. So, if you're watching this, this is the video version of the podcast um, series that I'm doing on International Women's Day or Women's Week. And as you know, I am celebrating sharing some amazing stories of some truly, truly inspirational women that I've had the privilege of knowing. And yes, today's episode, oh my gosh, can't quite believe she's agreed to appear on my platform. But hey ho, here she is. I've got the beautiful Clara, and she is just, she's just such a beautiful person. I've known her for quite some sort of time now, actually, but I've never had the privy of actually meeting her face to face. But I know her on a personal level. She has my number. So you know if you make that transition, right? from being a friend on Instagram and then you exchange number, you know you're bona fide, right? So <laughs> I'm bona fide with this beautiful, gorgeous chocolate. I mean, look how she's even dressed, like seriously. The pressure, people, the pressure <laughs> to meet up with her. But I'm going to let her introduce herself and then we are going to get deep into today's episode, which is a different perspective on starting a family using IVF. So if you remember yesterday, we had the gorgeous Lola who shared her story about starting her family by herself as a solo mum. And today I wanna flip the conversation and let's talk about starting a family together using IVF and what that was like for Clara, as you all know. I had my beautiful boy, rocks, okay, made by me with the help of science. Okay, so let's hear Clara's story. And I'm going to let Clara introduce herself. So off you go, darling.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Clara chisova um I am the Managing Director of CCK Ventures and Entertainment Limited. Um, I'm also the founder and host of the show called Women's World Show, where we use the success stories of women to inspire and motivate others and empower women all over the world. Well, um, I'm so privileged to be here and it's really humbling that you see me fit to be on your platform.
0: Thank you for having me. I can't stop You know you're like, girl. you're (laughs) absolutely. That's um... a humble introduction. I've really um, enjoyed watching your journey through the medium of uh, social media. And so, because I kind of know quite a bit about you, but for those that have never had the privilege of seeing your amazing um, platform and your show, give us a little background to yourself, because I I know that you left Nigeria and then you arrived in Europe. So talk us through that part of your life and then we'll pick up from there. Okay, yes. Um, I'm I'm an able girl from
1: Anambra State, Okija-era local government, Anambra State to be precise, in Nigeria. So yes, and I grew up in Ornicha. and Onisha is in a number of state as well. So yes, the journey was all about, you know, I didn't grow up in this beautiful, you know, bubble of life, mm. um, things that I think to be beautiful today. But um, I I had the privilege that I say to have a good parents, a God-fearing, um, God-fearing parents. And then um, also they always, you know, imbibed in all the, you know, the the we like to the mindset of we don't belong here. We should mm-hmm. we should want more. It's okay to want more. It's okay to dream big. Yeah. And that was the kind that's the kind of parents that I have. So uh um, you know, it took some time, but I found myself moving country, like moving from Onicha to Abuja after studying and Abuja after working in bit. Um, then moving from Abuja to Ghana, Ghana to Denmark.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? Okay, so, okay, so you didn't just leave Nigeria straight to Europe. You you actually went to Ghana first. So how long was you in Ghana for? And for a couple of years, I'll say three years, they were about
1: because I was in the Institute of Journalism. That's where okay. I went to journalist, um, journalism school. So um, it was really, it, it was kind of that decision of um okay i want to kind of enhance myself i'm always curious w- i'm always mm-hmm. like oh, something is missing this ish somewhere so i want to really get better so i left you know i started the talk show women's talk show 10 years ago oh. it, it makes it 11 years actually so i was doing the show running started it but i was so naive and passionate about it you know fast forward I knew I needed more knowledge. I knew I wanted more to, you know, to be able to do this right. So I had no idea what media was, but I had the passion for it. So, and that was why I went to Ghana to study at Ghana Institute of Journalism. So from there, I moved from Ghana to Denmark, and
0: Denmark now in Spain. Right. <laughs> so we've gone to Ghana. We've we wanted to further our education in journalism. We've you know we've done all of the right things. So we're actually we've got a plan and focus for our lives, right? So from Ghana, we hop on a plane, and here we are, beautiful Denmark. To walk us through what happened, how your life changed once you got to Denmark. Um,
1: I think. Um, my life changed right from when I started, you know, I've always, again, I've always been very curious and um, it started when I took the, the, you know, I jumped into this talk show thing. I think that's where my life changed because I, I wanted more and I started looking mm-hmm. the path and I started, I knew, okay, I, I really want to be that person that represents William mm-hmm. or something. Um, so... I think that's where my life changed, actually, if I, you know, be specific. And then, but let's say, yes, moving to Europe was a great opportunity, I must say.
0: Um,
1: Because, um, you know, things are more easier. And you have constant light, you have internet,
0: it's easier, you
1: know. So, and then I got to really see more opportunities and things I can do with things I'm really passionate about. So yeah, um, it changed because I also have a man who loves me. So
0: when you then got to um, Denmark and you've got this massive culture shock because it is actually a culture shock, Mm. moving to actually any part of uh, Europe to be fair, any country really that you're not familiar with, it, it will be a massive culture shock, right? So now we're in Denmark, how long was it before you decided? The both of you decided that actually we want to start a family.
1: Oh, <clears throat> you
0: know, um, with
1: my husband, we had um, how long was it? Oh, maybe after two years together. Oh, okay. So I knew, of course, I'm the. He, he has two children already. Oh, okay. And his marriage. So, and then you know. For him, he of course it's really excited. He really wants this mixed child, and he knew that, of mm-hmm. course, he would like to give me a child, and at the same time, he really, really wants it for himself as well. Um, wants a, a child with me. So, uh, and but you know, we took time to enjoy being married, being together. So two years after that, um, I think that's when we then decided, okay, mm, it's time, and then we start trying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did you find? And was it difficult um, trying to get pregnant naturally? And I and I don't really like using that word naturally, only because of because <laughs> of the theme of our our, um, our episode. It just it, it just makes it easier to make that distinction between IVF and you know doing it the yeah. way. <laughs> it, it, it was I uh, think, or maybe yeah. I, I was just impatient. I would say we all I get impatient, no, do not we, when we want to have a child. Yeah
1: exactly because i really wanted it and then the time it's like the first month the second month the third month the fifth month the sixth month it was almost a year and i'm like oh okay now something has to happen so yeah it was it was challenging to get pregnant and naturally for me and um,
0: yeah we we had to seek for help okay and so who came to that decision? Was it was it a joint decision? Was it your husband or was it you? Because oftentimes they do say that if it takes like, you know, if it takes between six months to a year, then you pop back to your GP just to make sure everything is going OK. Did you do that or did you just dive straight into finding a clinic? All right on so <laughs> okay we, we were lucky when
1: i say lucky or privileged to have a friend who owns a fertility clinic oh. so we just we just went all in and i was again i was very impatient i was so and my husband he he understood it he has two kids not because he doesn't want to have kids with me mm. or, or with me but just you know he he doesn't mind taking time to do the the natural way but
0: yeah.
1: at the same time for me I was like you know when a woman wants it to just yeah. especially me I'm like oh no 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 or never you know so I was just at that point
0: of now or never and um, yeah we just dived in. Right and so and so when you've gone to your friend who your dad is like literally lucky if I may say so (laughs) so when you went to your first appointment how much did you already know about the different parts of IVF how prepared were you um
1: I I read about it but in my mind I was ready to take whatever that you know comes with it Mm. Although I, I will, I will record. I record that I kept a diary actually oh, because did you? We, yes, yes, I started writing from day one that we went in, and I have it somewhere here in my office. So it was quite um interesting to write what happened, what the doctor said the first time that we went in, and um you know. The, the first time he, he tried to explain everything. Of course, I've read online, but it's not the same sitting down face to face. And then he sent us back to try insemination to say, OK, let's try this. If it doesn't work, then we don't do IVF, uh, which means the injection and all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I was prepared in my head. I was I knew there, there were a lot of you know challenges that comes with it. But it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Might not hold the first time or the second time or the
0: third time, but um, I was prepared. How did that make you feel when the consultant said that look, you know what, IVF is 50 50. Okay, this is our um, our success rate the percentage of successful pregnancies that result after completing treatment, and here we have that. So we want to make sure that you are as realistic as possible in terms of your successes of having a pregnancy that will result into a live birth. How did that make you feel? Did that make you feel a little bit nervous, a little bit apprehensive? Or or was you just like, well, you know what, I'm going to fall into that category that is successful and I am not going to allow my mind to go wandering down the negative lane I was worried.
1: I was worried, but I said to myself, I, I'm always, I'm always, I don't know, maybe sometimes it's too much because I'm always like, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm always that great. So, and I applied that during that time. So I asked that person, like I said to myself, what's the worst thing that can happen? We tried first time, it doesn't work. The second, I don't mind that we'll take it all. Let's keep going, you know, so I was positive, but yes, I was worried. I was kind of what if it doesn't work? What mm-hmm. if, you know, what happens? Of course, the moment you are in this circle already, you are thinking of what if, what if. Yeah. But again, I always try to find my way back to the
0: positive thoughts. I think that's the strength that I have. What did you do to get you to steer yourself away from having all of those negative thoughts? What what exactly did you do to just get you into that really healthy, positive mindset?
1: I talked to a friend. My, I have a, a friend, I have a Danish mom, mm. kind of like my second mom, uh, mm. it's a woman in the Denmark who kind of took me up as her mother, so mm. I talk to her and we have coffee and we talk about, it. after I wrap my, my diary, we still sit oh, you down did lot, oh, you did a
0: lot of journaling. And then, yeah. and then outwardly. So, um, so in essence, you did actually have a really great support network. Yeah. That's really, really important when yeah. you're doing IVF, whether you're doing it as a single person yeah. or as a couple. Yeah. Because oftentimes, the stress and um, pressure of, particularly the um, the medication and everything else, it can put a strain in a couple's relationship so to know that you did have that support network is really good and how was your relationship with your husband during the time you were going through Obviously, and so did you do injections and all sorts of? yes I did. did all of that you know I did all the injections
1: how did it, you helped you? Me, it helped me sometimes you know and sometimes like okay I figured it out. Let me take care of it myself. I was always like, oh, I'm always in that category of ugh. Uh-oh. What do you think?
0: I thought, you know what? I heard mummy and I thought it was ready. Yeah? Mummy thing. here. I'm trying to sorry. I'm trying to open it all. <laughs> You're trying to open the door.
1: Uh-oh. Okay, so we have a guest here.
0: Hey gorgeous look. Hello. She looks so cool. she she tanned. She looks like she's picked up a bit of sun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we've been going to the beach for a while these days. Livy, can you go to Daddy? No. No?
0: You can sit in if you want to, darling. But we are having an adult conversation. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll give her a pen and paper to write. Do you want to write? Yeah. No, okay. I can't cope. Yes, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: now you have a boat show for yourself. <laughs> All right, go to daddy. Do you want to go to daddy? You can take mommy's pen and go to daddy. No, don't, don't,
0: don't.
1: And come back. Okay. <laughs> it's
0: not to worry. And I'm actually not gonna edit that out because I think it's really <laughs> <laughs> right, and so, it's and now we want to talk about um what was it like in terms of how did you react to the uh, medication, how was your husband and more importantly how was your relationship during the period in which you were actively going through um, the IVF uh, cycle? I won't lie, it
1: was was tough on all of us I think. I, I think I remember I remember one night that I was up crying and of course, if I go through my diary, I will remember exactly why. Um, But I did. I did. It was kind of rough. And I think it was when the first one didn't work out.
0: Oh, really? Oh, so. Oh, so I thought Olivia was your first sign. No, no. All no. oh, right. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I didn't know okay. that so it was
1: um we we, you know the whole injection and all of that so we were lucky we had 11 eggs that were that was collected from me and only five was fertilized um only five yes fertilized so um then we used the first one and it didn't work out so it was more like okay it it stayed like almost two months but then it, it kind of Would I call it a miscarriage or something?
0: Miscarriage, yeah. It's a miscarriage. But but
1: I got sick. Yeah. (laughs) That was rough. I think that's when it became a little bit like ish, you know. Mm. Um, It was rough on us, but we had each other back. He was very supportive Mm. because he doesn't understand what I was going through. But... (laughs) He was supportive supportive of it. He was like, you know what, we'll keep trying until this works.
0: Yes, you know.
1: So, yeah, it it was really rough. But I remember this very well vividly. One night I was up and I called my Danish mom. I was speaking with my mom, but, you know, my mom is like my, my, my mentor anytime, any day, you know, was bless her soul. but this my danish mom she had a different level of experience as well Mm -hmm. so i kind of know when to reach out to who you know so she was the one i was calling that time my danish mom and then we talked about it the challenges i was having and my feelings and everything so she kind of understood it yes Uh wow you
0: wrote all that thank you so much baby what Mm -hmm. did you find what did you find most difficult during your first cycle, and then and then having to go through it the whole process again?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think is the. Oh, I think I, I had a common, you know, yeah, um, my emotions. emotions.
0: Yeah, your emotions
1: because
0: yeah. they do say it's like a roller coaster of emotions when you do IVF. Like, yeah yeah so I, I had
1: the emotion roller coaster kind of but i was also intentional because i've read about things like that mm-hmm. so i tried to exercise more i was exercising more but i'm also you know, you know when you're doing something you're also like oh is it the exercise that's making it not to work yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. why it's not working Yeah. All the silly thoughts running around your head. So I think that's what I was, you know, I was going through. I'm
0: yeah. sure.
1: So I then you can
0: do it. Right, so yeah. So, um, yeah. what was that? So we were talking, because I was asking you, what did you find most challenging from the first cycle into going into your second cycle?
1: Is the emotional roller coasters. Generally, I think that was the most challenging thing. um But we had each that My husband was very supportive. You know, he was he wanted to be part of it, part of the process, and he was willing to listen to my blah blah blah. So <laughs> it it helped a lot. So he was all in to it. So
0: that helped a lot. Fantastic. But it was. Challenging. It was. And so when you did it the second time, was it one embryo or two embryos that they put back the second time? One. Round? one. Yeah. Oh, you only did one. Was that, um, was that um, a decision made by you or the clinic? Would you have preferred two or one?
1: I mean, if I had known, I would have done two. But in Denmark, I don't think it was allowed at the moment.
0: Oh, wow. So um,
1: I think uh, you know so i would be like okay we just do one at a time because we had only we had six um yeah we had six and then one was already out so we have five left so we don't want to play too much to avoid you know going through the beginning process all over again so we i just say okay let's take it one at a time so, <laughs> Whatever.
0: I'm depending on what age you are so when I had when we did IVF for Rocco I was 35 and I was classified as an older mum at the age of 35 <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. so when you get so when you get to 35 you do have the option they will say to you do you want one embryo or do you want two embryos put back and we both opted for two embryos hoping that only one would take or not two and in the case of Lola's interview yesterday I asked her the same question how many embryos did you put back and she said she put back two and I said to her was you not worried given that you're only 32 would you not worry that it may have been twin and she goes yeah I was but I wanted to give myself that much more of a chance but she only did one cycle was your mindset different second time round when you did um your treatment second time round did you just feel a lot more okay I'm more comfortable with the process now and yeah I'm going to just think differently how what was your state of mind at that
1: point I I think I was more calmer. I would say yes and but more nervous as you know calm and anxious and excitement i think it just makes feelings you know because i can't really remember place it all together but again i journaled everything so um i think it's very important to what i did was more like okay focus on trying to avoid again the whole um, not, okay maybe not i shouldn't exercise so much being too careful them so i was careful and i was excited i was nervous i was like i was so many feelings running around so.
0: and what was your girlfriends like did you did you feel as though you could have you know you could be open and honest around your girlfriends or did you just feel like actually i don't want no one to know i just wanted i just want my husband and my mum and close family to know this is what we're doing yeah, yes. Yeah, I didn't tell um, I didn't tell any friend.
1: You mm. know, but I only told my family. It was just a close family thing. You
0: know. And so now we've got the embryos inside of us. Actually, one embryo, and now mm. we have to wait. What was the waiting game like for you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, really, you
1: know, excited and at the same time never. So I was just hoping yeah. that. This will work. So uh, my period was supposed to come like one, one was one week late, and then I was like, oh, maybe this is late. And then I didn't want to say anything. I was making calls
0: like, I'm my period. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was exciting. Was exciting. It was. It was really a beautiful moment, and I I had to wait like a week plus to make sure you know that. Maybe there's something before I did the test and it, it was positive. It was
0: positive. So we've got the positive test result. Was you super super nervous? Was you was there an element of a fear within you that oh my gosh, I've been pregnant twice now. The first one didn't go too well, and now. I'm pregnant again. Oh my gosh! Could you enjoy that moment, or did you have all of those thoughts running in the back of your mind second time? No, no. no
1: the first, um, the first feeling was, you know, of course, the excitement. Like, yes yeah. Yay, yeah, okay, pregnant. But shh, let's not say to anybody
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. because yeah. I want to be
1: able, you know, after three months to make sure that everything is okay. And once it's like past the fourth month, then we can now talk about it. And I was so sick of- oh,
0: What shit did you have
1: really was, bad
0: pregnancy sickness? Oh, sickness?
1: oh, oh, I was so sick. I couldn't even drink water. That was how bad it was. So I had to be, yes, yes. I was in, on dreams all the time. So it was that bad. It was really, really bad. But the moment
0: I clocked three months, I woke up one morning and I was like brand new that felt normal and so during the time you were doing IVS, um was you also um doing your business had you started your business or was that part of your life on hold and actually what was more important for you at that stage was to start a family where were you in terms of your business goals
1: yeah you know when I Denmark it was important for me to integrate again Like I moved to Denmark with love in my heart mm. enough, I'm still in love but you know that big love in my heart and yeah, I was just flying it's like or just over the wind I was I wasn't seeing cloud <laughs> <laughs> you, were walking, you were walking on cloud
0: nine is what you were doing yes exactly
1: I was walking on cloud nine but the thing is you know the whole excitement in my mind. I was willing to give it all to be part mm. of this society. You committed. Yes, I was committed. I was committed 150 150 percent, you know, to speak the language, to eat the food. I cook anything called Danish food, not for any reason, but I just feel that it makes me feel integrated. It makes me feel part of the society. It's not to please anybody, but it just I'm just that curious part, Curious, you know. I have that curiosity in me all the time, um, you know, to be part of something. So, and that was, you know, I threw myself in. But again, I couldn't. You know, do much because right. when you have to get your education to the level of you know Scandinavian like slash EU standard, yeah. you have to do a. You have to do that. So many things. So yeah. I now started exploring YouTube. So I did my personal YouTube, which is more like um you know just camera thing because I I love the camera. I love to. You know just talk and show stuff and all of that so i did all of that so that was what i was doing during that period
0: right. you know just
1: doing things that i love on youtube as a person as an individual right uh, but then um i was i was into the pregnancy and the whole thought of what i was doing kept on coming back and back you know and back like it kept on knocking at the door like you still have to go back to this remember that remember that so and that was how I started working on it again, it's gradually, you know. 2017 was when I started actually, I, because it, I gave birth to Olivia on November 3rd, 2016. Oh, so in okay. 2017, okay. yes, in 2017, I gradually start building, you know, start building the whole platform again, Women's World Show, mm-hmm. you know, restarting the show um then the company mm. gradually on my own it took me about one year to establish that and then almost, really almost two years
0: I'm go- yeah, yeah that's that's really interesting because I think now we can lead nicely because now we've had we've been successful um in, <laughs> in to start a family we've had a long journey up and down just An emotional roller coaster, we've suffered loss. And at the same time, something that you had sown a seed 10 years ago, you still had that niggling feeling at the back of your mind. Don't matter what you were doing, even though at that moment in your life, your priority then was to obviously start a family. But during that whole process, you never once neglected to still pursue personal development, still educate yourself, still assimilate into your new culture, your new home and your new country. But you still had that that seed that you had sown all those years ago, it was still there burning. And then you then decided that, okay, after I've dropped the baby, don't mean drop it physically but you know after i've had the baby this yeah. is what i want to do so talk us through how you came up with the concept and why is it so incredibly important to you that you do champion and raise the profile of women
1: oh thank you for that uh women's world show is like my baby you know yes you saw olivia but The Women's World is another baby that I have, like I carry carry so much in my heart. Um, 10 years ago when I, again this year makes it 11 years actually, so 10 years ago, 11 years ago when I started the talk show, I started it with so much passion um, because I was seeing some struggles some women are going through in Nigeria where I was and um, especially where I was working then. Women will come in and they will talk about da, 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 da. Oh, mm. know what he did, what they say, but they can do anything because of what the society will say or do at that time. Um, and that has changed a bit though now, but I still think that then that was, you know, my drive to me, really like, why can't you just walk away? Like it's not working, mm. go away. Um, you have a child, why can't your child call you mommy? Why would your child call you auntie, yes, you know, yes, in, yes. Instead of, uh, because you are trying to avoid the whole stigmatization and what the guys call you after one because you have a, a child, you know? I was like, why, why can't you own it? Like, own this thing, being a single mom is not, that, mm-hmm. it's not a crime. There's yes. circumstances that leads to this. So it shouldn't be a crime or assault. Then, so those are the things that really got me into it. And whole oh, domestic, um, I knew somebody who were in a domestic violent relationship, you know, domestic violence, uh, marriage kind of. Um, and um, it, that one really pushed me to like, okay, I need a platform, I want to create a, pla- a platform where women can come in and talk about you know their thing and all of that. So that was how I started Women's World Show years back. And again, I didn't, I wasn't. I had the passion, but I didn't know what I was doing in terms of yeah, a media business side of it. I had no idea. (laughs) But fast forward to you know why I relaunched this show or rebranded the show again in Denmark again after having when I was pregnant with Olivia, the whole thing was just coming up again. It's like it's like I was having a dream, you know. It's like When I sleep, it stops me. I know that
0: feeling. Preach, sister. (laughs) loud. You have to go back. Yes. Yeah. You know, you have to go back. You have to
1: go. It's like it's time to go home. It's like a home. So um I I started, you know, I was like, okay, what am I gonna do? How am I gonna do it? Start doing all the research. So it was all those disturbance of everything. I think it's just experience, you know, exposure. I've really learned so much. I've, I've gone outside Nigeria, where the whole passion started, you know, where mm-hmm. the, best, the idea was better, but you know, the passion was still even more, and then I've seen more more of women and things that we can do. I'm like, damn, there's so much we can do. There's so much out there that we can. The world needs to hear that we are powerful. We are stronger together. And I'm naively you know, believing in that because people think it's naive of me to think that women can actually support each other. But this is something I strongly, strongly believe. And hence why I rebranded you know, the show again. And it was a moment to always remember. So December December 6th, 2018, mm. we relaunched Women's World Show. It was, I don't know, it was phenomenal.
0: Was very- so, so for anyone um, listening now, okay, walk us through the various stages because I think I think it's really important that people understand that in order whatever success looks like for you okay you don't wake up one day suddenly and then bam yeah right everything everything that we do in the pursuit of our dreams because you've got to remember everything's created twice right first Mm -hmm. in the mind and then in reality okay so i imagine that you would have done a lot a lot of research. You probably you probably would have had a good number of rejections, a good number of no's. Now we've also got to figure out where we're going to get the finances from, who we're going to, you know, build up our little team, if you will. So talk us through what you actually went through to get to that launch date of (laughs) rebranding Women's World Show. Because it's really important because, you know, you've shared where you started from, shared starting a family and it's difficult for us women to start a business or even have a really demanding job as well yeah. as being a mother and a wife even if you're single do you know what I mean it, these are really, you know we juggle so many caps and so many things up in the air I don't want anyone to look at you and you know and just think oh my gosh she's so gorgeous oh, <laughs> you know Of course she's successful. She's, you know, she's in Europe. She's married to a white man, so she has... Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's got a foreign husband. Of course, you know, of course it's easy for her. But I know a little bit about your background story. So I know for a fact that it hasn't been an easy road and I really want you to highlight that so that anyone that's listening not only can they be inspired about your story they can also feel inspired that yeah this what you see now is just a byproduct of a passion that I've had some 11 years ago and the only difference between me and you is the fact that I had a plan I went out there I put myself out there I took the rejections not as a negative not something personal to myself and I just walked through them so yeah walk us through that (laughs) well um
1: the other day I saw something online somebody said um, she she wrote on a blog I, I that she asked her husband for a fund to start a business and the husband told her to write um, a proposal to, you know, yeah, make a proposal. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Let's make
1: like it. So, exactly. So I was like, people were like, wow, really, really? So I was like, oh, really? You think because you are the wife, you just ask for the money and it just, I don't know, it depends on how it works in different household. But um, to clear some notion and to be able to lead the part of what it, it was to actually launch or rebrand the show. Yeah. Before yeah. then, bear in mind that I was, I started this show without my man being there. Yeah,
0: so you, you started, know, started from ground zero, right? From exactly,
1: when he wasn't even there, when he wasn't even existing. So, and I started it all by myself. And I started a company running by myself, naively running it, but I did, Mm -hmm. you know? But then moving to a new country and um, I had the whole thing to start it all over again. You have to make a proper proposal, proper presentation. Mm. I hate the numbers, but I had to do it, Mm. you know, know, to be realistic, to put those things, the numbers like, okay, this is how much we're going to use for this. And this is the expectation of return of investment and this and that. Yes, you're passionate about it, but you've got to make something out of it as well. And, um, Yes. So the struggles all start with okay, registering a company in Denmark. And then okay, how does that work? Your accountant, who how is, how, um, how will they put that together? What's mm-hmm. what's about tax? You need to learn all of that. Then you have to now be on top of okay, I'm gonna find a team because yes, yeah, it was um, I can not direct my yes, I can I know what I want, but Somebody has to see what is going on behind the camera. You need those teams to put work together. And you need people that are actually professional. And because the standards are, you know, the standard I want, I know exactly what I want to put out there. So I have to find the people who actually will. Feel the passion that right. I feel. Maybe they will not as I would, but at least with a certain level to be able to and do. You do I mean. so,
0: did you post in the local newspaper or website? No, no, no. Do a lot of networking to build your team? I think, oh, Well, lucky
1: enough, when I was in language school, I met somebody who um, is, um, is a photographer, videographer oh, okay. kind of um he's not a cinematographic guy but he's a videographer and a photographer like on on my on a professional level but not a cinematographer yeah so uh, and i needed a cinematographer who really understands the field so i reached out to him first he connected me to other people that needs that knows other people and then we now found our real as in the strong um, cinematographer that we used at that moment um and then you know i had Another team, my editor team, we are working from Barcelona. Oh, Don't ask wow. me. So, <laughs> so I had to go, I sometimes go to Barcelona to, you know, meet them first, to make sure everything is in place, to look at the work and see, okay, how we are going to do it? What's going to happen? Every phase of it. And then before we start using Zoom to, you know, continue the work. Yeah. So building that relationships. I was using a producer who lives, who is in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. An editor who is in Barcelona. Um, IT management who is in Nigeria and, <laughs> and then it's the like
0: different people
1: around the world essentially yeah all over the place. So I have a few people on the ground, you know, the camera people, the makeup or whatever. But you know, the most important people were on ground as in the the production team were on ground. But mm-hmm. the post production and pre production are more or less scattered everywhere around the world. So it was a it was the struggle and then finding the location and yeah. this also a struggle because you have to convince people why they should give you their space for yeah.
0: free yeah
1: Think like that or for partnership partner collaborating is you know the part that people don't really get that oh you don't just work in an own space no yeah you, you know you have to ask for a partnership or you have to pay for it and paying for it means that you have to pay a whole full cost mm. for oh don't even i don't even uh, that part was, was So
0: how um how was that how were you able to build up your credibility you yeah. know for businesses and individuals particularly women because I know that's your main focus but I have also seen some of your your series where you've gone into Michelin star restaurants I know all of this because before (laughs) lockdown I (laughs) was eating so you know how did you build up your credibility your trust if you will in order for people to invite you into their establishment into their home and be willing to you know share their stories how did you do that
1: it's a good question actually
0: (laughs) I think it was it
1: was it it was absolutely in the beginning it was really challenging because I have to explain myself And and but what I needed is that one person you just need one one yes to take a chance on me. And um I was lucky. I have to I just (laughs) need one yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. So and that was what I needed. So um I think one Top brand took a chance on me and said, you know what, Clara, we, we don't know. But, you know, you're, you're a nice lady. You're working hard. <laughs> you know, you just did that, that, that. Okay, let's try. Let's see. Let's see what happens. i like, trust me. You are on top. Like, when I say I deliver, I deliver.
0: Aha, okay, <laughs> that's brilliant. How did you feel when you got your... I just need my one year. How did that make you feel? Did you feel nervous? Because now you're thinking, I've got to deliver on what I promised. And actually, this is make or break. Because I imagine if you hadn't been able to fulfill or deliver on that project, it would have been really difficult for you to build up your brand and your business. So how did you... I think also it started long before then because I have
1: long been intentioned, I've long disciplined Mm. myself about my yes and my no. I don't mix those things together, you know. And and I always make sure I think things through and make sure that if I say yes, I mean that. And it took me a long time to actually build that you know, mindset and build that credibility for me alone because I have to convince myself that I am trustworthy. I trust you, Clara. I trust that you say yes, you're gonna stand on that yes. That's what I did first for me before somebody else, before I'm able to deliver it to someone else. So I, I built that credibility for me first. And when I got that first yes, I'm like, I bet you will not regret it because I already know I won't you know, I wouldn't, you know, disappoint. I I, I knew I won't. Circumstances might come up, but I knew I would not disappoint.
0: That's fantastic. So you've had your first, your first client, right? And then now we're building up into what we, well, those that follow you, but I'm going to leave all of your details in the description book to the brand and business that we have today. So given that, the majority or well, the vast majority of the world has been on lockdown. How has that adversely, or has it been a blessing in disguise for your business? Has it affected your business or have you seen it as a new opportunity to strategize and meet and you know, still continue the beautiful work that you do in championing women and business? I, I think I took advantage of
1: it. I would say, you know, it was the first one week was, of course, whoa, 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 yeah.
0: what happened? <laughs>
1: yes, but I, I'm always um kind of planning, plan A, B, C, D to maybe to G, you know, and then I stopped there. So, and I had to jump into the G plan. So I took advantage of it and um, start something I've always wanted. I've always had the production company on, you know, doing which produces my show, Women's Watch Show, which is CCK Ventures, a production company based in Mabeya now, but was in Denmark. So I had to take advantage of that because and get more engaged and get more visual, more online, you know, oriented. So I took advantage of that moment and said, okay, let's even know the company you know outside women's workshop even though i was working my butt out in women's yes. workshop but i still want to make sure that they we deliver to other clients we uh-huh. we have our clients rolling in on their own side and the team are doing their job uh-huh. so i think i took a little advantage of it but it, it's not easy uh-huh. you know because again i'm still proving myself to people yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there was a day I was ranting about stereotyping because one, a woman, you're a black Nigerian woman, and uh-huh. then you're a black woman. So it's a whole lot of things, you yeah. know, I actually- I I a producer, on the TV talk for a whole You've story. actually
0: preempted my next question because I was going to ask you, have you experienced any kind of like, not racism like proper, but do you find that being a woman of color in a foreign country, Has that been difficult for you to get your foot in the door for certain projects or for certain um, interviews? How have you coped with that? Yeah, I have
1: experienced it, but I'm also this person that, again, I've intentionally built a positive aura around me, Mm -hmm. that when I walk in, you hear me, you see me, and you ask, who is this, you know? So I I intentionally built that. but um some people see it as not, some people see it as, you know, um, uh, who the hell are you? You're yeah, just a yeah,
0: yeah.
1: woman and the uh, black woman at dance and you're living
0: in, you know. But I, you, I have don't, experience. Don't you find that um, that response and that attitude interesting because because as women of color, if we show that we are confident, right? it's all it's sometimes it's almost turned to be like we're being arrogant but if but if our but if our counterpart a non-woman of color displays the same level of confidence that we do then it's it then it's deemed as oh she's strong you know no, in the beginning they automatically look at you or yeah. to me like
1: oh you oh she's married to a rich white man yeah um, and that's it is what it let's call what let's call it what it is you know but i've also come to a point to like um if you're it that you want it or you don't i I don't plead for it anymore because i believe that at some point when you have paid your dues in some levels
0: Hmm. you
1: believe in yourself you believe in what you can offer or what you have again i always say that i i'm not for a seat on your table. I'm mean, a whole bumpet and its open. So if you want to call me, you're what welcome. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <laughs> no, but again, why not? You know, so it was really challenging. It still is. I feel this sometimes, but I don't let it get to me. Um, you now, I've walked into a place, I have it, I had it, of course. My name is Clara Cromberg. You know, hi, my name is Clara Cromberg. So that sometimes i think clara Kromberg is not really like african name so yeah. it's more international kind of yeah. so i announced that intentionally start saying clara from crumbag you know yeah. by the time you pronounce that middle name you know oh this is an african descent or yeah. is someone who is not really maybe not black somebody that is a black or something so it's um so I just became intentional about it. I walked into this meeting, the lady literally turned me down,
0: really? you know,
1: because I don't, I won't okay. say it's because I'm black, but maybe she wasn't expecting me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think that's the way I would, I will not say it's because I don't want to make it racist resi- thing, but I want to just say maybe she, she, she was like, okay, uh-huh. and I came with all my glory. So it was too much.
0: <laughs> that make you feel that was a little bit you know i was a little bit like
1: really really did you just did you just <laughs> did you just <laughs> i don't know i always have a way of you know dusting our shade and then i'll talk about it i'll call somebody
0: and, and then i'm okay <laughs> <laughs> right so what is the future for women's worldwide show where do you see yourself and your amazing platform in the next five, 10 years? What What are your dreams for, for your production company and indeed your business? Well, um, for the production company, CCK Ventures
1: and Entertainment Limited, I'm really, really um, hoping and we're working towards to be able to, you know, get into film industry and really make Really, you know, blockbusters that are really amazing and and stand out as black women in Europe, woman in Europe or black owned the you know, production company in europe wow. uh, and of course i want to merge i always say this i want to merge you know european and africans together through my platforms through my company mm. i want to show what i want to show africans i'm really really itching to show africans that are living in europe mm. things that the are people of doing. i want to show us in our glory in mm of doing not just the, you know, the four or the bougie, you know, in, <laughs> in, what, in what is here. Yeah, that's what I want to show us in that positive light. And I want to tell our story, you know, um, through the production company and uh, short things, uh, long things and all of that. So, and I want a big collaborations that are really, really, you know, quite um, inspiring and will give enough. Um, would I say um, opportunity for all the black people in Europe and of course in Africa for women's workshop? I'm really hoping, um, you know. But we have this making of entrepreneur, which I go yeah. back home in Nigeria to empower yeah. women. Talk mm-hmm. we have something cooking at this moment. Um, I'm not gonna speak so much, but you know, I'm hoping for this big collaboration to making of entrepreneur and to. Um, really wish out to massive women mm-hmm. and make a huge impact um, to creating opportunities, impacting our economic development, and really giving that, you know, I think financial freedom is just, oh, it would be great. And that. finally, at some point, Women's World Show, we will give opportunities to women who want to be reporters, journalists, give them avenue to come in and grow, just Live, if you want to. This is the platform for it. Absolutely. We can all be fabulous.
0: We can. <laughs> you know what? We can, all, we can all get our own blue ribbons. At the fair, you know, seriously, it's not a competition, and that's something that I really wanted to highlight. Oh, I believe, I
1: believe in it. We can all be fabulous. Yeah,
0: there's enough room for all of us, like seriously. So, just um finally, before we round up this amazing interview, how important is it for you that Olivia sees everything that you do, that you are her main role model? How important is it that you, you know you set the example and set the tone for the amazing young lady that she will <laughs> grow into? Of course, it's very important to me,
1: but I try not to pressure myself as well um, because we already have this mother guilt, you know, going on all the time. Sometimes you ask yourself, person, oh, am I doing something wrong? Or Should I have been doing that? Why am I doing this? You know, so, but I try not to put so much pressure. I try to be realistic to her. I, I try to show her the real thing. You know, this is beautiful. Look nice all the time. But girl, in real life, shit happened. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't say it like that, but I mean, <laughs> in real life, you know, People because there's something like when she is doing something and you tell her it's not right that she has to do it better, she mm-hmm. feels sometimes she cries about it or feels sad about it. they're like it is okay, you know. It is okay to be, you know, to, to for someone to recommend you or kind of advise you to do something in a different way because you you have you will get that all the time. Yeah. So I try to be more re- real with her and I try not to pressure myself so much. So I take it by the thing and hope to be the best that I can be. And I hope I'll be, you know, her greatest role model. And I hope, like my mother is to me, you know, even though she doesn't live anymore, I still I still look up to her, I still close my eyes and say, what will she do? How will she do this, you know? So mm-hmm. I hope she sees me in that way. but
0: I'm sure. We do the
1: best we can do.
0: <laughs> I'm sure she does. And uh, one final thing, what advice would you give to anyone, particularly a woman or a guy that are struggling to start a family and they're potentially thinking about starting this amazing journey that has lots of ups and downs, lots of roller coasters, that is IVF.
1: Yes. Um, um. If I tell you that you won't worry, I'll be lying to you. I think <laughs> allow yourself to worry. But I think what, what I would advise is find a, first of all, if you're doing it with your partner, you know, just you guys should be more together. You know, that partnership or that relationship should be you know, the main goal, the focus should not be on getting the baby or becoming pregnant, because if not, you lose the main purpose and it will be all about pregnancy, pregnancy, pregnancy. And then the problem is out of it. So I think, you know, focus on building the bond with your partner or husband or wife and um, allow yourself to feel sometimes it is okay because you will definitely feel you know those mixed feelings or whatever. Just feel something, but don't fall into them. Fantastic. grow out of out of it,
0: and allow yourself to be the best that you can be. While enjoying the process. That's it. And finally, tell everybody where they can find you on social Well, thank you so
1: much for this beautiful interview. You can find me and all that I do at www.women'swatchshow.com or you can check out Clara or you can go to cckbenchers.eu. Is all everything about the production company is on cckbenchers.eu. About me is on Instagram. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Women's Watch Show, and um on YouTube Women's Watch Show TV. Thank you. Fantastic.
0: I obviously guys I'm going to I'm gonna change obviously I'm going to leave all of Clara's information in the box below so you can definitely, you know what, I'm not even saying if you can. (laughs) Just Follow her, is what I'm saying. Follow her. She's absolutely amazing. She's got a heart of gold. And I'm pretty sure that everything that she shared to on today's episode, on her episode, it will be of immense value to you. I know I've learned a lot, like I thought she (laughs) would left Nigeria and just turn up in Denmark, but no, that's not the case. So this is been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much also for inspiring not just me, but everyone that listens uh, to this episode. And tomorrow's interview, guys, oh gosh, it's going to be a bit of a tear So, you know, right. get your tissues because I'm going to be speaking to an amazing young widow called Ola and um, her backstory really quickly she lost her husband um, this will be the third year she was pregnant and we're going to explore what it's like coexisting with grief leaving your country to start up a new life in a foreign country and starting a business so look out for that tomorrow but in the meantime guys be great because you are say goodbye Clara bye, bye. thank you for having me thank you bye. <laughs>